Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... What it essentially means is that there is now a more decentralized approach to social innovation in Hong Kong and actually for Asia as well, where a network of social innovators is being formed rather than having social innovation as an institutionalized effort. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. My name's Tom Allen, and I'm passionate about bringing you the latest interviews and insights to help you create positive social impact. Today, we're speaking with the three winners of the Asia-Pacific Social Innovation Partnership Award, or APSIPA, in the Social Prosperity category. Good Lab Foundation Limited from Hong Kong, Far Ponlu Selpak in Cambodia, and Think Playgrounds Social Enterprise in Vietnam. With the gradual increase of global risks, how can we develop innovative practices to ensure a future where sustainability becomes mainstream? The Asia-Pacific Social Innovation Partnership Award is established to explore dynamic social innovation models in the Asia-Pacific and to motivate more changemakers to contribute to social innovation, discovering and celebrating social innovation partnerships that connect diverse stakeholders and make significant social impact. Partnership cases are required to be set to the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs, as their core value. And the award sets motivating social innovation partnerships as its purpose, integrating the 17 SDGs sorted into three categories, biosphere sustainability, inclusive business, and social prosperity. And the three winners were chosen from each category, and there was also one special jury prize chosen by judging panel. The Social Prosperity Award focuses on social innovation initiatives relevant to fundamental dignity in human society. And I'm here with the three respective founders, Warren Look of Goodlab, Osman Kawaja of Far Ponlu Selpak, and Chu Kim Duk and Nguyen Tu Kui Dat of Think Playgrounds. Let's learn a little bit more about these organizations first. So we have the Good Lab Foundation Limited, which is a non-profit social innovation consultancy in Hong Kong dedicated to inspiring and fostering positive social change through human-centered design and cross-sector collaboration. We have FAR Ponlu Selpak as well, and FAR educates and trains thousands of children and youth who come from challenging backgrounds. FAR offers them social support, education and arts programs so they can build their future and support their families through creative careers. And on average, about a thousand students are served annually through the various programs and 10,000 families in three target communities receive social follow-ups by this specific organization. So it's great to have them as part of the interview as well. And finally, we have Think Playgrounds Social Enterprise whose social goal is to promote community cohesion, inclusion, and the right to play. Think Playgrounds has set up over 200 playgrounds, community gardens, and 
friendly public spaces, building capacity for over a thousand volunteers and have collaborated with 100 national and international experts and organizations. So it's lovely to have you all join us today. Thanks so much for joining. And let's start by learning a little bit more about your specific projects, the impact that they're creating and what led to your passion in social innovation. Why don't we start with you, Warren? Tell us about GoodLab. Sure. Thank you so much, Tom, for the very elaborated introduction. So this is Warren. I'm the CEO of GoodLab in Hong Kong. Specifically, the project that Tom was introducing is called Community Design Lab at Yunlong, which is a flagship project of GoodLab, which we completed last year. It was actually a public sector innovation project in Hong Kong. We facilitated community participation in the vibrant districts of Yunlong to work with people over there to reimagine and design its iconic town Nala for a more sustainable and prosperous community over there. Throughout that process, we partner with the drainage services department of the Hong Kong government, engineers, landscape architects, as well as most importantly, the local residents living in the area, as well as the district council, green groups, and other professionals that we believe are relevant to the project. In 15 months, we engage over 1,000 people throughout this participatory design process, and we co-created design principles and prototype a human-centric revitalization scheme for the future Nala in the district. This project essentially illustrated a community co-creation process, a trust-building process, bringing different parties together to improve the well-being of the people in the community, an approach I believe can be applied to other parts of Hong Kong as well as in other places around the world. So this is like a quick summary of the project. It sounds like a great project, Warren. So thanks very much for sharing more. It sounds like there's some great impact that has resulted in the work that you've done. So thanks for sharing. Osman, let's hear a little bit more about Far Ponless Cell Pack, the impact you're creating and what led to your passion in social innovation. Thank you very much for, again, that introduction as well. I'm happy to share a bit more. I've been with Far Ponless Cell Pack for about five years now as the executive director. I was founded by nine Cambodians who actually grew up in the refugee camp along the Thai border. There in the camps, they received art as a form of therapy to overcome their traumas. And when they returned to Cambodia, they saw there was a big need and wanted to continue the same type of services so that the children, families and communities struggling to rebuild their lives could be supported. Now that program has turned into a full-fledged professional performing and visual and applied arts school, even with general education programming that is arts-based. Today, FAR continues to impact thousands of lives through the art programming. The main purpose is to actually build more opportunities for the growing creative industries while they're breaking the cycles of poverty. And the program is unique because art education is still not integrated in the public school curriculum. And there are many creative people who cannot find a way forward even in the general education system. FAR actually fills that gap in giving an opportunity to a lot of children and youth that are more creatively oriented and would like careers in the growing creative industry. FAR is a unique organization in Cambodia. It has a successful working model aimed at financial sustainability for 
continued social impact using this growing creative industry is we have a social enterprise that hires our graduates from the performing arts school, performing circus shows for the tourists and income from that then is fed back into the organization to continue the free education for almost a thousand students a year. That I guess gives a snapshot of what we are doing. It sounds again like a fantastic initiative, Osman. So thanks for sharing more. I'll go to to Chu and Nuyen now from Think Playgrounds. Let's hear a little bit more about your specific impact and what led to your passion in social innovation. Think Playgrounds is a pioneer social enterprise with a mission to promote children's right to play by collaborating with multidisciplinary partners and communities to build environmentally friendly playgrounds biodiversity, and sustainable public spaces. In 2014, ThinkWell was established as a volunteer group and then we became a social enterprise in 2017. During eight years, ThinkPlayWell contributed to improve the quality of life for thousands of people, especially children, women, people with disability, migrants, in urban areas throughout Vietnam. By the end of 2021, Think Playwells and our partner built over 200 public playwells and community gardens. We also organized over 30 public play day, play events in Hanok and Ho Chi Minh City to raise awareness for people about the importance of playing for children development. Think Playwell has built nearly 100 playgrounds for private school, educational farms and new urban areas and 50% of the profits is used for remoting public playgrounds in the cities. In addition, we collaborated with over 100 national and international experts and organizations to promote children's right to play and create more public spaces all around the world. Think Playground believes that Qualitative public space built with the community is a fundamental to achieving social equity, to increase life qualities and community connection of urban citizens. Also, it is the most sustainable solution for children living in city in Vietnam to have a playful childhood. Rapid urbanization in Vietnam has led many challenges, including the lack of public space, especially playgrounds for children. Moreover, many public space now is used for private benefits. Inspired by an American friend, Mrs. Judith Hansen, about the right to play, a concept of playground where children can play freely, communicate with other people, and close to nature. Since then, we have recognized the importance of playground and we should have action. Therefore, we decide to file Think Playground to serve this meaningful social innovation. Thanks very much for sharing that. So you've won the Yapsipper Award, and this has really highlighted your dedication, hard work, and skills to innovate. So let's hear a little bit further from you now about your observations of the social innovation movement in your respective countries and where you see key opportunities and next steps. Warren, you're calling in from Hong Kong. Tell us where you see the key opportunities there. Sure. I think... There are plenty of opportunities. A lot of interesting things are happening in Hong Kong for social innovation right now. But essentially, I'd like to highlight four main things. First of all, is the emergence of new power. What it essentially means is that there is now a more decentralized approach to social innovation 
in Hong Kong and actually for Asia as well, where a network of social innovators is being formed rather than having social innovation as an institutionalized effort. The second thing I have observed is the diversification of solution mm. to social problems. There are a lot of small organizations working on specific issues and to meet the needs of specific groups of individuals or underprivileged disadvantaged people in Hong Kong. The third thing I would like to highlight is the desire for impact partnerships. We are facing a lot of complex problems and they need sophisticated solutions. Therefore, I see a lot of organizations, innovators, they're trying to draw on expertise and experiences from many others, not only nonprofits or social enterprises, but also major corporates in Hong Kong are now involved in social innovation. Finally, my last highlight is the rise of human-centered design. More and more organizations in Hong Kong now understand the fact that for their products and services to be successful, to deal with social issues, they need to be designed around the needs and to address the pain points of actual people. And that's very important if we want the social innovation to fit for purpose and to address the imminent needs of the society. There's some really great opportunities there and thanks for spelling them out for us Warren. It's great to hear what's happening in Hong Kong. Osman let's hear a little bit more about what you're seeing in Cambodia and the key opportunities and next steps in regards to that social innovation movement there. In Cambodia I believe there's lots more room for action and opportunities in this area. Given Cambodia's history of the Khmer Rouge and subsequent years of turmoil many NGOs entered to support with rehabilitation and development efforts. Given the time it took to build the official government structures, the civil structures, most NGOs work on their own or in parallel. And many are still working in parallel, which builds this great dependency on continued donor funds. There has been a move towards greater partnerships between government and civil society organizations, but there's a lot more room to grow. But there's also a lot more room for bringing in the private sector for more sustainable social impacts. I think these partnerships are key, hopefully reducing the reliance on not donor funding so that countries can take greater ownership of the development, not just as a country as a whole, but even the communities that organizations are based in yep. and also identify their direct social needs. I think that's one of the key areas where building more links between the many local NGOs in the community with the local government for more inclusive targeted approach, which will reduce wastage of resources as well and hopefully bring more people into the net that need certain support and also are empowered to identify where they actually need support in or what areas need to be addressed. Yeah, some great insights there too. And you're obviously learning a lot as you operate Far Ponlu yourself back on the ground too. So thanks for sharing those. We'll go to Think Playgrounds now, who are based out of Vietnam, to hear a little bit more about their respect opportunities and next steps they're seeing in Vietnam. Today, we see diversity and inclusion in social innovation movement in all countries, especially in the Asia-Pacific region. They are increasingly developing dynamic with the active support of science and technology, as well as being human centers. Initiatives are carried out interdisciplinary to address the root of social problems that existing in different countries. We also see that exchange and cooperation are increasingly being replicated among different sectors, as well as 
between countries to learn experience from each other and apply the best practice based on the local context. Nowadays, social issues are no longer a matter of one country. For the next stage, social innovation should be based upon collective intelligence, including those emerging from corporate, academic institutes, civil society organizations, social enterprises, governments, and local communities. These innovations are carried out not only within a country, but require cross-border cooperation to create inclusive impacts at region or international level. Thanks for sharing that. And look, Think Playgrounds as a social enterprise is the special jury prize winner this year. So let's hear a little bit more about what the biggest barrier has been in in getting Think Playgrounds off the ground and how you worked around it to ensure that you're delivering user-centered solutions. The biggest barrier with Think Playgrounds is public awareness. In Vietnam, the majority of the public is still not aware about the importance of play with children's development, as well as not accept the use of friendly and natural material to develop the senses for children. We often remind each other that raising awareness is a long-term process and requires much visual evidence. Think Play Well will still continue its journeys to create more unique and creative playgrounds with community participation as well as collaborate with stakeholders to spread our message for public in order to change their mindset. Since establishment, Think Playgrounds has all focused on human development. Our top priority is the participation of the community in the process of co-curating and managing public spaces in order to increase their ownership and responsibility in public space. We engage disadvantaged groups such as children, women, migrants to create conditions for them to raise their voice, improve their capacity and ensure their equal rights in the use of public space. Almost public space are designed to be friendly, safe and multifunctional to help community connect with each other and connect with nature. We believe public space is a suitable hub to bring the community closer and join hand to actively solve common problems in an effective way. Thanks very much for sharing that. Let's move on to some advice. We have a global audience here listening in of different entrepreneurs and others from the ecosystem. What's one piece of advice that you would all give to other impact-led entrepreneurs or innovators who are starting out on their journey and really focused on social prosperity? Let's go to you, Warren. Sure. I would suggest the key thing is to start small. Always try to prototype your solution and refrain from always trying to develop the perfect solution. I think social innovation is underpinned by an iterative process where you continuously experiment and improve your ideas and solution. That is fantastic advice. And it sounds like you're really bringing in that human-centered design knowledge there, Warren. So thanks for sharing that. Osman, let's hear a little bit from yourself. What advice would you be giving to the audience? 
I think my advice is already the words already in your question, which is about focus, keeping the purpose and organization at the forefront of all you do, but also at the same time being open to input from the community. And that's, I think, a very important role. But I've seen organizations try to do too much. Many ideas come along, but trying to stay focused is key in being able to build the steps to success. Some great advice there too. Let's now hear from Think Playgrounds and the advice that you would give to us or the audience. Based on our experience, we can share that a new social enterprise should focus on solving social problems based on the beneficiary own needs with innovative forms of existing solutions. Please take a human-centered approach to keep your beneficiaries at the centers of your work as well as expand your multidisciplinary partners for creating inclusive social impact. Thanks very much for sharing that. So to finish off then, something we love to do for our audience is to share books or resources so that they can also be inspired to, to learn from some of the key resources that you've used on your journey. So Warren, what books or resources would you recommend? I would suggest a book that I have recently finished. It's called The Nutch by the very renowned professor from the University of Chicago, Richard Thaler, and another legal professor from Harvard, Cass Sunstein. It's a book about the Nudge theory, a concept in behavioral science and economics, that what it's essentially saying is by shaping the environment, one can influence behaviors and decision-making of groups, or individuals. I think it's quite relevant to social innovation because I think when we are undertaking or promoting social innovation, inducing mindset and behavioral change is quite crucial, especially around topics or issues like environmental sustainability, for example, or sustainable development, where we're trying to shape the environment such that people make decisions that is good for them mm. as well as for the planet. Sounds like a great read there. Sounds absolutely fundamental, really, in having that knowledge. So thanks for that. And Osman, tell us about the book or resource that you'd recommend. One book that I've read recently, because I came into an organization that was already existing and needed to redirect and move in with all the changes happening and for greater impact. So the book that I would recommend is called Reinventing Organizations mm. by Fred McLalo. And I think that was a big inspiration into what's needed and in the direction as an organization we move to consciously evolve where things work for everyone and where everyone's involved in the processes. That I think has had a big impact on me as well as using many studies done and best practices in helping far forward. Great. It's certainly been recommended before from some of our other interviewees. So thanks for sharing that. And, and let's hear from Think Playgrounds too. So Chu, what would you like to recommend as a book? One book I would like to recommend you to read is Play Matters by Mija Circus. This book is focused on why play is a productive, expressive way of being, a form of understanding and a fundamental part of our well-being. We can find many interesting things in this book. We are not only fun and happy, but also challenged and dangerous. I hope you will enjoy it.
There's some great resources there and what we'll do is we'll put some links into the articles. So anyone who'd like to go and learn more about those books or resources can head to the article on impactboom.org and you'll find links that'll take you through to those. So again, I'd like to thank all of you for your really generous insights and time today. And again, congratulations on winning the APSIPA Social Prosperity Award. And we'll look forward to tracking your journeys and touching base again in the future. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.